Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Michael Blaze. Welcome to your Home 360, the show where we talk about everything that has to do with your home. On today's show, we're going to look at some national real estate market numbers and see just how healthy the real estate market is nationally. I also have some news on new regulations that will affect your air conditioning and heating systems. And I'll also be talking to Dan Danner. He's the general manager of Mosquito Joe. They're a proud sponsor of Your Home 360. But first, I always try to start off the show with a question from a listener. This week, Kim writes, Blaze, I think I have moles in my yard. My lawn has become very unsightly. What can I do to get rid of these little varmints? Thanks for the question, Kim. I'm not sure I'm the right person to be asking this. Uh, You know, there's lawn care specialists out there that could probably answer it better than I could and even uh, pest control specialists. But I'll give it a go um, just from my own personal experience. So there's all kinds of commercial products you can buy. Uh, repellent granules that use uh, castor oil and leak that into the soil. It upsets their little tummies and they'll supposedly leave and uh, go looking for food somewhere else. They sell ultrasonic repellents that use ultrasonic sounds to drive them away. You can make your own non-toxic mole repellent By creating a mixture of three parts castor oil and one part dish soap, mix it up and then spread that around the the hills and the entrances to their tunnels. I don't know if they sell this anymore, but I used to be able to find over when Cross Seed was still there, they sold like these poison pills that you put down at the entrance to their tunnels and uh, it would poison them, probably not very beneficial to other animals in our ecosystem or even your pets they even sell traps that will uh, physically harm them and kill them and try to get rid of them that way now experts say that moles really are not that bad for your lawn i mean they look awful the mole hills and the you know the piles of dirt around your yard but experts say that that does not negatively impact the root system that it can actually help your lawn by aerating it and by getting rid of harmful insects and so forth. So having said that, I don't care if they're beneficial. I don't want them in my yard. I've had them several times, and I've tried to get rid of them multiple ways. And I'll tell you what worked best for me, and again, this is not coming from some kind of expert point of view. This is just anecdotal. What has worked for me is getting rid of their food source. And I had the best success with that, is treating your lawn for grubs and insects. If you get rid of those grubs and insects, you get rid of their food source. And they'll go look for food somewhere else. And all of a sudden, your lawn will be all pretty again, and you'll see the tunnels pop up in your neighbor's yard. And won't they be happy with you? Uh, But anyway, uh, that's what worked for me, is just make sure you treat your lawn on a regular basis. And at the right times of year to kill those grubs and, and other insects. So uh, early spring for grub treatment. And then, um, you know, you'll just have to follow the schedule on whatever product you're using. But it'll tell you right on the product 
you know how to apply it and when to apply it. And that's worked best for me. Get rid of the food source and you will get rid of the moles. And remember, I'm no mole expert. I just play one on the radio. So I appreciate the question, Kim, and hopefully that's some good advice and it will work for you. If anybody else can shine some more expert advice on that, let me know. If you have any questions or you want to comment on that, reach out to me. You can email me at michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com, michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com. You can call me at 843-327-9454, 843-327-9454. And don't forget to check out my website, michaelblazerealestate.com, michaelblazerealestate.com. Decoding digital data. Market update. Data transfer complete. Let's crunch some numbers. Well, I usually go over the local sales numbers for the region, but we already went over the latest regional sales numbers for April on a previous show, and those are the latest numbers out so far. So let's take a look at some national numbers, starting with new construction. Sales of new single-family houses in April were at a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 683,000. That's according to estimates from the U.S. Census Bureau and the Department of Housing and Urban Development. This is 4.1% above the revised March rate of 656,000 homes and 11.8% above the April 2022 estimate of 611,000 homes. So the number of sales of new single-family houses nationally is going up. The median sales price of new houses sold in April was $420,800, while average sales price was $501,000. The seasonally adjusted estimate of new houses for sale at the end of April was $433,000, which represents a supply of 7.6 months at the current sales rate. However, the new single-family homes being sold are mostly on the smaller side. That's according to an analysis by the National Association of Home Builders, of first quarter 2023 census data. That data shows that the median single-family square floor area registered at 2,261 square feet. The average square footage for new single-family homes stood at 2,469 square feet. Home sizes rose from 2009 to 2015 as entry-level new construction lost market share, said National Association of Home Builders Chief Economist Robert Dietz. Home size declined between 2016 and 2020 as more starter homes were developed, but after a brief increase during the post-COVID building boom, home sizes started trending lower and will likely do so as housing affordability remains constrained, Dietz said. So what does all that mean? It means that new home sales are looking pretty good nationally, but the size of the homes is tending to shrink, and previously owned homes did not fare as well. Existing home sales decreased 3.4% in April, with all four major U.S. regions registering month-over-month and year-over-year sales declines. The existing home sales data measures sales and prices of existing single-family homes for the nation overall and gives breakdowns for the West, Midwest, South, and Northeast regions of the country. As I mentioned, all four of those regions saw a decrease of 3.4% in April of existing home sales. Those figures include condos and co-ops in addition to single-family homes. 
Home sales are bouncing back and forth but remain above recent cyclical lows, said NAR chief economist Lawrence Yoon. The NAR is the National Association of Realtors. The combination of job gains, limited inventory, and fluctuating mortgage rates over the last several months have created an environment of push-pull housing demand, Yoon said. Total housing inventory, that's including everything, registered at the end of April, was at 1.04 million units. That's up 7.2% from March and 1% from one year ago. Unsold inventory sits at a 2.9-month supply at the current sales pace. That's up from 2.6 months in March and 2.2 months from April of 2022. So I'll explain this a little bit further. We measure unsold inventory in months of supply, which means we take the unsold inventory and say under the current conditions, how long would it take to sell the current supply? So it currently sits nationally at 2.9 months. That's up from 2.6 months last month, or March rather, and up from 2.2 months in April of 2022. So that number continues to go up. That's a good thing because that means we're getting more inventory on the market. And you've heard prices are so high because of supply and demand. So as that supply rises, it should moderate pricing. And to put it in perspective, what we would consider uh, kind of a flat normal market would be right around probably about six months of supply. So we're still way off that mark, but at least it's getting better. And I'll say this too, you might say, well, you know, a year ago it was 2.2 months of supply. Now it's 2.9 months of supply. This change is not going fast enough. I want this to go faster. No, you don't. Uh, Because if it went faster, that would mean that the housing market's in trouble. This is a, you know, moderated change going slowly for the better. So that's about the best we could ask for, I think, with all of this crazy stuff going on in our economy. So what about prices nationally? The median existing home price for all housing types in April was $388,800. That's a decline of 1.7% from April of 2022. Prices rose in the Northeast and the Midwest, but retreated in the South and in the West. Now here in the Low Country, mostly we see the median sales price for existing single-family homes. Those numbers are for all housing types, but for single-family homes, and even for townhomes and condos, we see the median sales price continue to rise for the most part in the low country. There's some areas. Uh, Colleton County comes to mind. There's some other counties in our proximity that where the median price is dipping a little bit But in Charleston County, the median price is still going up. Not like it was, but still going up a few percent anyway. Real Estate. Roundup. Let's check your real estate news. If you've noticed that the cost of new HVAC units continues to rise... And you've been wondering why? Here's a partial explanation for you. New HVAC regulations have gone into effect for 2023. Imagine that. What are the changes? There are now two new SEER regulations. SEER, S-E-E-R, stands for Seasonal Energy Efficiency Ratio. It measures an air conditioner's cooling output compared to the electrical energy it consumes to produce that output. 
The higher the SEER rating, the more efficient the air conditioner. First, the minimum SEER rating has increased for 2023 on HVAC equipment. Last year, new air conditioners were required to have a minimum SEER of 13 in northern states and 14 in southern states. This year, the minimum SEER ratings are 14 in the northern states and 15 in the southern states. Additionally, the industry will adopt the SEER 2 standard. SEER 2 is similar to the original regulation, let's call it SEER 1, in that it measures the total heat removed from a specific space versus how much energy it uses in that process. The required testing conditions will change to better mirror real-life circumstances. 2023 HVAC equipment, including AC condensers and heat pumps, will have to display their SEER 2 rating on their packaging, giving you a slightly better estimate of your potential energy usage when shopping for new HVAC equipment. There are also two new AC refrigerant regulations. Recently, the industry moved away from R22, which was Freon, towards R410, which is Puron refrigerant. R410 is less damaging to the environment and human health and doesn't harm the ozone layer. Next year, the Environmental Protection Agency is likely to require another move to a class of refrigerants called A2L. A2L has a lower global warming potential. They actually call that GWP than the alternatives, but it also is mildly flammable. <laughs> oh, good. That's exactly what I was hoping for. I want to help the environment. I'm concerned about our GWP. And I think the way that we can help the environment is by making our HVAC units more dangerous. That sounds awfully good. Perfect solution. And it's not like it's highly flammable. It's only mildly flammable. What are you getting so excited about? HVAC manufacturers are already designing new technology to accommodate A2L. This includes new technology to store and transport systems with A2L and equipment with automatic shutoff capabilities in case of a leak. Because we don't want that mildly flammable A2L leaking into the environment, even though it's better for the environment. And even though this is going to mean higher prices for the consumer because we have to design these new systems and add new parts to capture this mildly flammable A2L, trust us, it's better for the environment. You should gladly be willing to pay more for these more intricate systems in order to lower our GWP. So what are the upsides and what are the downsides of these new systems? Supposedly, the upside of these changes will present lower utility bills overall and a lower GWP, global warming potential. The downside of these changes is that you may need to wait a little longer for parts or replacement units for your current system. Local dealers may experience challenges obtaining inventory that meets the new requirements. If your older system needs repair, your technician may not be able to access compatible parts easily as the industry phases outdated technologies. And let's not forget, it's going to cost you more to buy these systems. You may be asking, am I required to upgrade my old HVAC system? The answer is no. If your HVAC equipment's in good condition and fulfilling your heating and cooling needs, there's no need to buy a new one that meets the new industry standards. 
Make sure you're scheduling spring and fall maintenance appointments to keep your system running at its most efficient. But as your system ages, it may be harder to find compatible parts as dealers stock items that satisfy the new regulations. When your systems reach the end of its useful life, or the cost of a repair exceeds the cost of a replacement, that is the time to consider new equipment that meets the current standards. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say most people are afraid of touching their HVAC units when something goes wrong. And possibly, rightfully so, I always was. But I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of handy with a wrench. I've worked on my cars before. That, those are more expensive than an HVAC unit. Uh, and certainly probably as dangerous. Um, you know, I've worked on electrical circuits and all of that stuff, which would be as equally as dangerous. So why am I so afraid of this HVAC unit? Now, I'll caution that if you absolutely are unfamiliar with fixing things and using tools and how an HVAC works, then call the professional. And you might end up having to anyway. I mean, I've run into problems where I'm like, okay, this is above my head. I'm going to call a professional. But there's some simple things that commonly go wrong with these systems that you can probably address on your own. One of them is the capacitor. Uh, so the capacitor will fail. The capacitor stores energy to help you know the, the motors, electric motors, start. Uh, so if one of those fails, it's a pretty easy switch. You just have to make sure that you get the same uh, rated capacitor and put the wires back in the same place, and you're back in business again. And also a contactor. So the thermostat sends a signal to the unit, then, and there's a little contactor on a spring, so when the, the thermostat says, okay, you need to turn on, you know, it releases the, the, that contactor and, uh, and, and forces it to make contact, turning the unit on. And then when the thermostat reads that you got to the proper temperature, it cuts the power, which, you know, the spring pulls it back and it turns the unit off. So again, pretty simple concept. And again, uh, the contactor is a real cheap, simple thing to replace on your own if you feel like you're handy enough. And one of the ways to, uh, to check that contactor, and of course, the safety experts are like, Blaze, you should have shut up, you know, two minutes ago. Um, but on that contactor, you know, I just take like a wood pencil. And if I think it's the contactor, uh, you know, take the eraser end of your number two pencil and push on the contactor. And if the unit starts when it's been acting up, um, there you go. There's a bad contactor. So, you know, I'm no expert at all of this. And there's probably HVAC professionals out there going, oh, my God, what an idiot. But uh, I just thought I would mention that because Idiots just read the internet. Uh, idiots love to share how much they don't know about everything. And I am no different. I thought this story was pretty interesting. According to new data from the Miami Association of Realtors, Chinese buyers generated the most global web searches for Miami-based residential properties during the month of April. China accounted for 9.44% of all international searches on MiamiRealtors.com last month. That's a significant uptick from its 5.49% share of searches in April of 2022. Colombia was a tight second to China in searches for Miami properties, with a 9.42% share on online research last month. Rounding out the top five 
were Germany at 8.94%, Venezuela at 6.27%, and Argentina at 5.83%. So who's searching for Miami real estate from the United States of America? Texas led the states searching MiamiRealtors.com for property, followed by Georgia, California, North Carolina, and wait for it, Ohio. You know, now that is a good idea. Mosquito Joe's the sponsor of Your Home 360. You've heard me talking about for weeks now how you need to try their treatment. You can get your first treatment for just $39. Mosquito Joe offers barrier sprays that control mosquitoes, ticks, and fleas for three weeks. On the line with me is Dan Danner, general manager of Mosquito Joe. Dan, why don't you tell us how the barrier sprays work? Well, the barrier sprays work in general. When you know you guys have an issue, then you give us a call. We're going to send somebody out who is trained and educated to come out and basically uh, spray around your property, the perimeter of the shrubbery, bushes, and things like that, perhaps a wood line or a marsh line, as you know we are here in Charleston. We're going to spray the perimeter of your property and the perimeter of your house, and most importantly, we're going to look for sources where these mosquitoes can be coming from. When it comes to the uh, the fleas, ticks, gnats, and no because it is gnats and no seams that, uh, season right now, uh, we're also going to hit the grass for you. We're going to paint the grass. It's completely safe for you, your pets, and your children. We just ask that you give it about an hour or so to fully dry, before you let the kids and the animals out there to play around. So you already answered my next question, which was, you know, is it safe for pets? So it's safe for kids, safe for pets, safe for oh. everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They they specifically manufacture pesticides to make it the least harmful to us mammals. But, of course, you know, we ask that people just keep the kids and the pets inside for at least an hour, let the chemical dry, and then it's going to be completely safe for everybody. Well, that's great. Your treatment helps to control mosquito, tick, and flea spread diseases, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, we've had cases here in South Carolina with West Nile all the way up to Columbia. I think we had some Zika virus down here in Charleston area. But yeah, mosquitoes can carry these viruses, and some people have some children that are kind of issues with their immune system. So it's very important to, you know, keep control of these kinds of things. Now, do you run across anybody that gives you a call that has, like, allergies to these bites? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Now, we are not doctors, not physicians, anything like that. I cannot, if somebody calls and wants to show me a bite, I cannot diagnose that. All I can do is self-control the pests that bite you. That's all I can do, you know, and I'm really good at doing that as well. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed, like, I have a reaction to sometimes I'll go out in the yard and I, don't, I'm, I haven't honed in on quite what it is yet, but there's something out there uh, that uh, probably a mosquito but, it, like, I'll get these great big welts and, you know, red streaks going down my arm from where I get bit. And I was, like, surprised because I don't tend to be allergic to too many things. But, obviously, uh, I've got a problem with something out there that's biting me. Oh, yeah, exactly. It happens to me as well. When I'm out servicing somebody's property, I'll get bit by something. I'm not sure. I mean, I can recognize a mosquito bite when I see one. But sometimes I'll get bit by something else, and I'm not sure, quite sure what it is. Um, like I said uh, earlier... Right now, this season, and I'm sure people have noticed, the gnats and the noceums are out like crazy because, of, you know, we're the end, end of spring, early summer with the rainy season coming out, and they're just popping out everywhere and just biting on us. I get requests all the time if we can handle gnats and noceums, and guess what? Yes, we can. 
Perfect, because, man, you are close to my heart on that one. I was working outside last weekend, and they, it was driving me nuts. They were going in my ears and up my nose and in my eyes, yep. and, you know, you can't, it's unbearable. Oh, yeah, and you're just, you know, flailing around like a maniac, and the wife is watching you from inside going, wait, is that a new interpretive dance? What is he doing? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> right, exactly. Put on a show for the neighbors. Why not? <laughs> there you go. Get the disco ball and some lights. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, uh, so in addition to calling you for treatment, well, you said you walk around and you look for, you know, breeding areas and things like that where some of these pests can hang out. What else can people do to control these pests in their yard, or do they not need to do anything? Can they just call you and they're good? Well, actually, we always encourage people to help us help them. Um, that way we can get a full, the full effect from both sides, from, from customers and from us. Uh, basically, things like if it, you know, if it rains several days in a row, you might want to go out and check your property to see if there's any unused pots from gardening or buckets and things like that. For instance, they can tighter up their yard if they have excess pots or from gardening not being used, buckets, things like that. When it rains, these things can hold water. That water can become stagnant, and mosquitoes are attracted to it like a magnet. They immediately start laying eggs, not just mosquitoes, other bugs and other pests that can... Uh, Get on you. Also, with the, your brush and your shrubbery, you might want to trim back the excess stuff from underneath. Some, you know, dead vines and uh, pick definitely magnolia trees. These things shed leaves like a golden retriever sheds hair. When these magnolia leaves are on the ground, they're like little canoes that hold water. Definitely rake those up. That will help you so much more. Wow, I didn't even think of that. And and you know, I'm sure like pets, even dogs hanging out in the yard can attract mosquitoes and f- fleas and, and ticks too, right? I mean, yeah, any type of mammal is going to attract the mosquitoes or fleas and ticks. I mean, they're basically after our blood supply. They're just different different styles of vampires, you know, basically flying around or jumping around the grass. That's what they're after. But to also, you could perhaps, you know, check your fencing to see if, if you're living in an area where there are, like, lots of wildlife, you know, uh, not just squirrels, but rabbits and deer. They can bring, like, especially uh, deers can bring ticks into the yard and things like that. You said that they're little vampires flying around, so, you know, a cross and some garlic's not going to help you out of this one. Uh, you need to call Mosquito Joe, get your first treatment for just 39 bucks. Results are guaranteed, right, Dan? Oh, absolutely, and I'm not saying the cross and the garlic doesn't help at all. I mean, if you want to have garlic and a cross around, feel free. I encourage it, you know. Yeah, you can give it a try, see if that works for you, and then I'm sure they'll be calling you five minutes later. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> but at least it'll keep the neighbors away. All <laughs> yeah. the yeah, exactly. And uh, and, then, and then you'll have a little snack, too, at the end. It's always good to um, uh, carry a clove of garlic around in case you ever need one. Yeah, in case you're going to break out with an Italian meal of some sort, make a, you know, your own marinara. you got to have the garlic. There you go, man. Always be prepared, right, Dan? Always be prepared. Always be prepared. So call Mosquito Joe, 1-855-ASK-A-JOE. That's 1-855-ASK-A-JOE. You can get your first treatment for just 39 bucks. Treatments last three weeks, and, uh, and there's guaranteed results. And look at how much money you already spend. Dan, look at all the money that uh, – there's such a market for this stuff. I mean, oh, when yeah. you walk into the store, there's a citronella candle for 10 12 bucks, right? Um, yeah. You know, there's yard fog for, I don't know, $15 a can that lasts for like five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, these things can help, you know, with a candle or a yard fog, but these things are consumer-grade stuff. They're not meant to be strong or to last long. You know, what you need is professional service by the professionals, and that, that's what we provide. We're trained, we're educated, and if you have any questions, we can answer them for you, you know. But we're out here on a mission to provide good service, and we have a, our plan of attack is to attack, and that's what we're here for. Attack the mosquitoes, attack the gnats, attack the noceums, the fleas, and the ticks. 
give us a call. We're going to get you squared away. Do yourself a favor. Make your life so much easier. And, you know, with uh, with pool season coming up, barbecue season, wedding season, just outdoor season in general, everybody likes to be outside in the low country. Uh, so take back your yard. Call Mosquito Joe, one eight five five. You know, I guess you don't even need the one anymore. Uh, 855-ASK-A-JOE. 855-ASK-A-JOE. And get your first treatment for 39 bucks. Dan, I appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, that's just about a wrap for this week's version of Your Home 360. I appreciate you listening today. If you have any questions for the show or for me personally, you can reach out and call me. 843-327-9454. 843-327-9454. Ninety-four fifty-four is my phone number, or you can email me at michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com. That's michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com. Don't forget to check out my new website, michaelblazerealestate.com, where you can actually search the MLS so you can use what the agents use. And there's no lead capture on it. You know, a lot of times when you go to search the MLS, a little contact page pops up. You have to put your contact information in there before they'll let you onto the MLS. I don't do any of that. I don't have lead capture. You can just go to michaelblazerealestate.com, hit search the MLS, and you can start searching. And you won't end up on my leads list, which means that you won't be getting annoying phone calls and emails and text messages and all of that stuff. So check it out, michaelblazerealestate.com. Don't forget about the podcast. If you missed part of today's show or if you want to hear it again or share it with somebody, you can find it on your iHeartRadio app or go to 943wsc.com. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.